All right, and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. Well, it starts to intensify. It starts to get a little bit more nervous for a lot of teams out there. The battle for the playoff spots are now it's underway in full, and a lot of people out there are, are looking at and seeing exactly what's going on with the NBA season. Now people are starting to tune in because the NFL's done, and it's really exciting right now to be an NBA fan because it's gearing towards the playoff time. And here today with me to talk some great NBA hoop action. You got to check out what he's doing today on YouTube on his channel. It's the Jimmy Simonis channel. And it's Jimmy Simonis right here for you. Jimmy, just great to have you on the program today. Yeah, thank you, Gerald. Man, I'm I'm glad to be on here and talk some uh, NBA hoops. There you go. Appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, I saw your enthusiasm on wanting to go on shows like ours. And I can't not thank you enough for for having that type of enthusiasm because it's so great to see when other people out there want to go ahead and, and talk all the good stuff that's going on in the sports realm. And, of course, the NBA fits that character to a T. And like I said earlier, we're coming out of the All-Star break. Action has already gone underway. A lot of people are excited about what's going on for the latter part of the NBA season. We start to see ratings and we start to see eyeballs starting to go ahead and say, hey, NFL's done. Put that to the side. I'm going to go ahead and watch some NBA basketball and catch up on that. And there's a lot of great things going on there for NBA fans alike. The Lakers right now, I could tell you, at 42-12, and 12, having a great season so far, leading the Western Conference by five games. You know, in L.A., it's it's they're ex- really excited about what's going on there and also, the you know, with what's going on with the Clippers as well. They're, they're having a fine season. They made some changes and, and uh, improvements to the roster that the, you know, this left everybody saying, hey, you know what, they're a big-time favorite to go ahead and take it all the way. But I want to hear your thoughts as far as, first off, in the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee is a tough deal out there. They're really got a great record. I believe they're 47-8 and eight as we're talking right now. Let me know your impressions about, first off, what's going on in the Eastern Conference and if anybody can really stand in the way of the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, I mean, obviously, like you just said, Milwaukee's kind of been the, their, the main juggernaut of the East. They've kind of taken over. Um, Giannis has just been... He's just basically transformed into this mega superstar that the Bucks desperately have been needing for a long time. They have the Slayers over there with the Lopez brothers, uh, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton. They signed they signed into an extension this past year. They just got a lot of good quality players that I think are step having a good 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 season. And yeah, I think it's to be a tough task. But again, I'm more surprised at the fact like the team like a Toronto Raptors, where they lose one of the best players, if not the best player in the league, and you're and they're still one of the best teams in the East. I mean, they they and are having a great year, absolutely. You're with Pat, with Pascal Siakam kind of taken into this this big man role of being the superstar, of becoming a great scorer. Um, the leadership of Lowry can continues to show through. And Nick Nurse is kind of cementing himself as one of the best coaches in the NBA, definitely. Go with the Celts. I think it's interesting to see that um, with the addition of Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown kind of getting back to form uh, to his rookie year, that they're playing much better. Um, they're a strong team. Uh, not sure if they have enough to go all the way into the finals, 
but I think they're going to be a tough team to get past. Uh, I'm, I think they're better than the, I don't know if they're better than the 76ers. Um, my only concern about the 76ers is their lack of depth because they have a lot of good players. It's just, I don't know if they can go the distance either. Um, Simmons and Embiid duo. I don't know if they're great compared to what's going on between the Bucks and the Raptors. I mean, I think the 76ers would have a tough time against the Raptors. They have so many guys that are contributing. Lack of perimeter threat. They play extremely. Oh no, they play extremely well at home. They're an extremely good home team. The only thing is that they've not been able to translate any of that success out on the road, and that I think is the problem when it comes to the 76ers. Is their lack of chemistry, their lack of team chemistry, and everything that they're they're doing together that's well on, at home is not translating at all on the road. You're right. Their lack of depth and their shooting outside of what maybe uh, Korkmaz and Tobias Harris really becomes an issue for yeah. them because of the fact that they just don't have all the pieces that they need. Now, mind you, in a playoff setting, they still could be considered maybe one of the favorites because they may have that type of defensive attitude that may actually be able to at least slow down Giannis to some to some extent because you could wall off the you know right in the perimeter right there and maybe go ahead and, and limit the amount of penetrations that Giannis Antetokounmpo normally does because that really kickstarts the Milwaukee Bucks but I at this point in time I just don't see them coming together cohesively because of all the dissension that they've had within the team I just don't think see them coming out of right now unless they go ahead and get it together you know and that that starts with winning on the road because right now they've just been this to this point a team that's been very disappointing and a lot of it stems from the fact that they're just not cohesive as a team yeah and i think like when on top of it i i think they could be that stingy defensive team but the only problem is that they don't have really any three-point shooters that can just take over a game uh i think like for the Raptors, for example, they have Fred Van Fleet that if they need a guy to go shoot a three, hey, he'll make it happen. You know, 76ers, they really don't have that. And now, I mean, Embiid and Simmons, they're good, but the floor can't open up when you have guys that are forces in the paint, known as a mid-range shooter. So you have to hope their defense is good. It has to be elite enough that can transition into turnovers and you get fast break points. Exactly. i tell you what. It's just something that they have to look at. If Philadelphia can ever go ahead and get it together, they can be a formidable force against the Bucks. But right now, I, I, I like a lot of other people, I have my doubts because of the fact that you're still talking about on the offensive end, teams can go ahead and, how should I say, do the same thing that they would do to Giannis because they would keep Ben Simmons. Teams could just wall off the interior keep Ben Simmons out of the lane and effectively nullify him because he does not have an outside shot. And that's uh, that's something right there with, with the, the lack of chemistry and the cohesion with and, Philadelphia that may come into play. And Ben Simmons isn't known as an offensive player to begin with. He's not going to take over a game. So look at Joel Embiid. He's a big man, so you know you can't expect him to hit in Durant. He doesn't have the mobility of Kevin Durant. So to expect this team to score a lot of points – and Ben Simmons, he's going to get you. He'll probably get a triple double, but he's not going to get more than twenty points, just because he doesn't shoot the three ball. Trust the process worked a couple of years ago, and now 
It's like they've had they haven't evolved. You know, the Al Horford pickup I think's been a big dud. I didn't think it did anything good for the team. I thought it was just another big man that really had no use on the 76ers. They needed a, a, a slashing small forward, or they need it now. I take that back. That's Ben Simmons. They needed a, a scoring shooting guard or a small forward that can just sit at the corner, like a Kyle Korver or someone that can just really light up from behind the arc, and they don't have that whatsoever. And like you said with the Bucs, I mean, they, like Giannis is going to be the main force, but there are many other players that can contribute for him to. Like, I think Giannis is one of those players right now that he's going to get his. He's going to get his points. He's going to get his stat line. It's if the Bucks have players that can help complement him and get the team over the top. Because Giannis is going to keep the team in the game. It's just more or less can these other players contribute and do what is needed to put the Bucks in the right situation to win. That's an outstanding summation right there of what's going on with the 76ers. I, I cannot agree with you more on that. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, I'm talking to Jimmy Simonis. You got to check out his YouTube channel today, Jimmy Simonis Channel. And I'll tell you what, right now, when you're talking about the Toronto Raptors, second place in the East, very impressive. Like you said, without Kawhi, without Danny Green, they've still virtually not skipped a beat at all. Tremendous goings right now for the folks in Toronto. What has been such a key success for them so far? You mentioned Pascal Siakam, who's done a great job stepping into that lead role. What's been their great success? You know, we talked about Philadelphia not having that cohesion as a team and also it's, you know, affecting their overall depth and lack thereof. I think that is their greatest advantage in Toronto is the fact that they are such a cohesive, tightly knit team. They do have a number of bodies they can throw out at you. They're very strong overall as a defensive unit because they're so tightly knit. And I think a lot of credit goes to Nick Nurse on making that sure that happens and allowing the Toronto Raptors to go ahead and play so high in the East. Where do you see the ceiling for this team? I mean, I think whoever wins the finals is going to be from the West Western Conference this year. I just think there are so many more dominant teams in the West. For the Raptors, though, specifically, I can see them going to the conference finals with the Bucs. I, I really think those two can go toe-to-toe. Um, I think, like you said, I th- I think what last year helped the Raptors, especially like with young guys like Siakam and Van Fleet, they, get, they established a culture in Toronto of winning. I mean, Kawhi really helped develop this culture of winning. These guys now know how to win. 
I mean, even with all the injuries that Golden State suffered, you know, no one expected the Raptors to win that series whatsoever. And then winning that finals, now out with Nick Nurse in his second year as a coach, with these players coming back now with a championship, they established the culture of winning and now just getting to the conference finals and getting destroyed by the Cavaliers, you know, like the 2016 and 2015 and the uh, 2017. Now you guys have a culture, there's chemistry. I mean, besides Kawhi and Danny Green, they really didn't lose anybody. So this, like you said, the strong cohesiveness of a, this basketball team with a good coach is really putting this team in a stage to have success. I, I mean, I think the Bucks. I think this is the Bucks year. I mean, they're. I mean, everything's going their way. I mean, there's there's a good reason why they're forty seven and eight or whatever the record is, and then they have the best. They have arguably the best player in the league a good overall lineup and with a good head coach with Mike Budenholzer. He's one of the best coaches in the league. You know, the Atlanta Hawks were a top playoff team when they, when he was in town until they kind of shipped everyone off between Al Horford and Paul, Paul, Paul yeah. Yep. And what Jeff Teague, I mean, they have plenty of players and now Boone is doing this with the kind of a similar team with Eric Bledsoe. Again, you know, now he has a superstar in Giannis. He really never had that in Atlanta. So having that guy to that can do everything and anything on the court and dominate is just putting the Bucks in, in my opinion, the best team. I do think the Raptors, if things go their way, can end up in the finals again. I just think the Bucks are going to be the team that goes to the finals of this year for the East. It's going to be hard to argue against that. And I was just going to actually close out our conversation on the Eastern Conference with – can anyone else stand in their way? I mean, Boston is riding at their last nine out of 10. Miami is a team that a lot of people were very surprised at how well they're doing this to this point. They made some changes and got Andre Iguodala at the trade deadline. Could they be a team that could surprise? One final thought, let's say, on if Boston or Miami can actually compete with Milwaukee and get out of there. I know your, your final answer is Milwaukee, but... Can Boston or Miami actually maybe get to the conference finals to at least have a, a puncher's chance to go ahead and get to the NBA finals? I think both can. I, I think Boston has a better chance due to the fact that Brad Stevens is one of the better coaches in the league. Um, I, I do like Miami, but my only knock against them is that they're a very young team. I mean, a lot of their players are young. You know, the guy from Derrick Jones Jr., uh, just won the dunk contest. He's only 21. I know he's not a main starter, but Tyler Harrow. I mean, they just have a lot of young players. Then you complement that with Jimmy Butler, uh, who's a, a scorer. I still think, I just think they're kind of missing that one piece that brings it all together. I think it's an all around strong team. I, th- I, I want to say I'm surprised at how successful they've been. I mean, they, what they start off 10 and 0 at home. I mean, they had one of the best starting. They started off super hot, kind of faded a little bit, but I think they're a team that give it a year or two with Jimmy Butler. If they can get another piece in there, I think they can do some damage. But I think Boston, between the two of those teams, will definitely be the one that could test Milwaukee the most. And Boston and Milwaukee both have a lot more playoff experience between between those teams. Miami is kind of – they've been in a rebuild since – post LeBron, you know, since LeBron was in Miami and they're still trying to figure out their way still. Absolutely. It is going to be hard for any team 
to go ahead and come out of the East. That's not Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee does have a loaded roster at this point in time. Very similar players as far as being a lot of height. So it's very difficult to get into the paint and enough three-point shooters that definitely scare you from the outside as well. So they are extremely balanced and, of course, are led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. And this could be something where it could be a walkover in the East. But then again, the Milwaukee Bucks, they're not as proven in the playoffs. Last year, they were two games up on Toronto and unfortunately just couldn't get the job done. So, you know, you know, until you prove it to us, until you prove out there that you can go ahead and take that next step, there's still going to be some question, even with the tremendous season that the Milwaukee Bucks have right now, that they can go ahead and succeed in the Eastern Conference, although they should, although they should be considered the heavy favorite. Oh, now, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just tough to go against them. I'm here in Vegas. They've got they've got the odds right now. That's all I can tell you right now. But it is something that we we'll definitely look forward to indeed when it comes to the Eastern Conference. And I'll tell you what, it is just something right now. You said you said before that in the Western Conference that you think there's some heavy favorites out there. You think the strength of the overall NBA is in the Western Conference. And there's a number of teams. Obviously, it starts in L.A., whether you're signing for the Clippers or you're signing for the Lakers. But there's also other great teams. Denver, which is extremely balanced. Houston, which has gone all in on the small ball. You've got a number of other teams that are there. Dallas it could be a surprise with, with Luka to get you know anywhere close to that conference finals. But also, you have Utah, which a lot of people, including myself, at the beginning of the season, thought was going to be in the mix as far as at the top shelf. In fact, I picked them right to be at near the top, and they're in fourth place, so that's they're not far from that mark. But they've been having kind of an up and down roller coaster ride so far. But they've got a quality team out there, and Oklahoma City, which is surprising everyone right now, they they are just doing so great a job with the pieces that they have. Although their future looks a little bit better right now than what's coming up at present, even though they're doing so well. So I ask you is in the Western conference, you said the strength of the NBA lies in there, your thoughts on the Western conference and, and where you think it goes from there. Uh, Ooh, I would, I mean, I, like you said, it starts and ends in LA. I think one of the LA teams are going to be in the finals. I think it's the Clippers. I just think between picking up Reggie Jackson you know they've they just kind of added a lot of players. Uh, the Lakers were able to get I think, was a Marcus Morris, one of the Morris brothers, uh, Markeith Morris. Yeah, the, Markeith, the yeah, yeah. Markeith is the I think the older one by a few minutes. Yeah. I think he's an inch taller, a little bit heavier, not quite as good a shooter. Although we're both talking about forty percent right now from three point area for both of them. So I mean that that's that's pretty good either which way. But I do know Marcus Morris is probably right now. Even though when they were coming out of college, Markeith was considered better. Right now, I think if you look at it, Marcus Morris was playing the better basketball between the two. So, yeah, getting him in a trade for the Clippers was a big bonus. Even if it's just to take away from the Lakers, I cannot agree with you more on that. That was that was a great trade by the Clippers. Getting Reggie Jackson on top of it as a playmaker, again, to take that needed little piece from the Lakers, I think was another sly move. I mean... I know a lot of people out there, especially when it comes to this show and fans of the show, love to go ahead and bash the Clippers. And, you know, 
I can understand that, and I was a big fan of Lakers. I can understand why people still do that, especially in the L.A. market. But you got to give the L.A. front office credit for building a team that can go all the way. And you're not alone in that fact that you think that the Clippers can go to the finals. In fact, even more and more since the NBA trade deadline and also the buyout market has really gone underway, more and more people are siding with the Clippers. And I can understand why. I personally still think the Lakers are going to go all the way. I still think in a seven-game series, it's hard to beat LeBron and AD. But you know what? The Clippers are loaded, and no one can say otherwise. And that, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think with the Clippers. So I just when I look at that team, I mean, with the additions of the Mo- Marcus Morris and now Reggie Jackson, I think the team is just so complete. They have a strong bench. Um, like I mean, my only like with the Lakers. I mean, besides LeBron and AD, I feel like there's a lack of consistency. I feel like you need to see a little bit more out of some of these role players like Contavious uh, Caldwell-Pope. I think he's a big X factor for the team. Um, if Caruso, you know, the Caruso show, if he can get some, you know, his some, he can be like that momentum swinger for the team. I mean, with Frank Vogel as the coach, that's kind of my concern. I mean, Doc Rivers. He's a seasoned veteran. He knows what he's doing. And he's got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Leonard, we all know Kawhi's going to get it done come playoff time. It's if if Paul George can really kind of pull through and be the good player that he is. Because, I mean, Paul George, his main knock, especially when he was in KC with Russell, was he wasn't able to clutch it out when uh, they needed him. Um, Between him and Russ, they they weren't able to get anything done. I, I can see the Lakers winning a seven-game series, but it's really more or less if LeBron and, I mean, LeBron and AD would have to be like – they would be, have to be playing like their best basketball ever to stop a team that is a well-rounded roster with two of the top – probably top ten players in the league. It is going to be quite a challenge. I, I hear you on that. I'm not going to disagree with you, and you're right. The Lakers have more you-need-to-show-me-in-prime-time type players that are still up in question. You talked about KCP. You talked about the Caruso, which everybody out here you know, on the West Coast and obviously in, in L.A. loves right now. And we're still always wondering why he is still for Frank Vogel that I almost call him like the fire alarm because Frank Vogel, it seems to be when he wants to use Alex Caruso – used to be like a, like a, an emergency, like a fire alarm. So you go in right. and you break the glass. So break the glass in case of an emergency seems to be Alex Caruso because he only seems to come out during those latter parts of the halves, each halves, after they've tried to go ahead and get Rondo, who Rajon Rondo plays effectively with LeBron. But then again, I may play effectively with LeBron. It's just when LeBron is out of the game, that's a big issue. With all Laker fans out there, they see that Rondo is not getting it done, and that's the problem. Although in the regular season, it's more glaring because you want to give LeBron more more rest. But still, even in the playoff run, when LeBron sits down for 10 minutes a game, because you know, you're know you talking about still 35, 38 minutes a game that he's going to be playing, there's still 10 minutes of the game that you're going to have to go ahead and be effective. And that's a real question right now for the team because – Rajon Rondo leading that at that point in time, the the guard coming off the bench to go ahead and lead the team is not being effective enough. The plus minus is there that shows you that he's not being effective in that role. So, yes, I, I can completely understand that there's a lot of show me players 
on the Lakers that need to show everyone out there they can be consistent, whereas on the Clippers, they've got a lot more proven players. And that could be the key for them to go ahead and be the team coming out of the West. Again, I'm for me, I'm still leaning towards the Lakers. But yeah, it's definitely close. And I can understand why the Clippers are such a heavy favorite with a lot of people out there. But is there any other team that might get into the mix with the LA teams? Because if LA keeps going on, they, you know, they're looking more and more like they might get the first seed. The Clippers will be somewhere on second or third. But can Denver, Houston, Utah, can any of those teams break up the fray? I mean, you brought up Utah. I like Utah. I think they're kind of in the situation where they're like the Philadelphia 76ers. They're just a strong defensive team, but it's more or less, can they have the offensive prowess to push them over the top, which I don't know. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's an electric scorer, but outside of him, that's kind of a cause of concern for me. Oh, you got, I mean, you got Bogdanovich too, but I mean, that's not going to be enough for a team. If you're going against AD or LeBron, it's just not, um, Denver, I think they can. I think they're. I think with Jokic, I you know the Joker. I think he poses a. You know he's been playing a lot better this, uh, as of recently because he said he changed his diet and workout routine. Um, if they can get Jokic and Murray, um, if they can get a lot of those guys going, they have the roster built to win. It's just more or less getting that young core to again come to. Go over the top. I, I kind of see them more as the uh, the Toronto Raptors of the West. They're a good overall team. It's more or less can they just do what's needed to put them over the top. Because I think they have the pieces there to do it. Another team I do think is Dallas. Between Chris Depps, Porzingis, you know, Unicorn, and Luka. I mean, Luka's playing out of his mind this year. Uh, I definitely can see them. If they get hot, they could be a, a serious threat. Um I don't think they have enough depth-wise to to make a run, but I do think they could be a, a shot in the dark if things go their way. I think that Luca is just such an outstanding player. I mean, and just to see him play, he's just so so exciting and, and makes all of his teammates better. It is to me, Kristaps Porzingis, and if a third player emerges on that team consistently, you could see Dallas go all the way to the conference finals if they get, like you said, really hot. Utah is just that steady team. They're great defensively. They've got a nice package of players overall. The only thing is, can they put it together for a nice run? Do they have that one player? Will Donovan Mitchell step up in the clutch time? Is he a premier enough player to go ahead and do that? I mean, there's some questions about when it comes to a top-tier level of talent on that team. Although, again, they are a very well-rounded team. And the same thing goes for Denver. Is Jogic the guy to go ahead and step it up? He is an MVP caliber player, but does he have the diverse enough skill set to go ahead and help get Denver to that point, at least to the Western Conference Finals, to give them a puncher's chance all the way? So there are some questions. Houston, they're just fun to watch right now because they have gone small ball. They've gone all in on that. And they're just going to go ahead and isolate and dribble, 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 which is not so fun to watch, I should say. But they're at least going to shoot a ton of threes and say, you know what, try to stop us from the outside and see what goes from there. Plus, they've got Russell Westbrook, which is a different dynamic than Chris Paul. I'm not sure if that's better or worse for Houston, because from this season, we've seen it gone back and forth between 
being very good for Houston and being not so good for Houston. I mean, him and Chris Paul play a different kind of dynamic as far as from the point guard region. Chris Paul plays more a cerebral type game. He he plays more uh, from a, I'm going to pick my spots and I'm going to go ahead and help my team in so many different places. Whereas, you know, Russell Westbrook, he's hard charging. He's he's a fast slasher. You got to catch up with me. I, you know, I will just go ahead and take it into the, to the lane, whether you like it or not. It's an interesting dynamic that Houston is buying all in on, especially the fact that they've gone so much into the downsizing mode. It's going to be very interesting to see how far that takes them and how far the the small ball will go ahead and lead them in the Western Conference playoffs. So it's definitely an interesting watch, to say the least. Yeah, and I I completely agree with you on, on Houston. They were the team I kind of forgot. But yeah, with small ball, I think with the teams that are in the West, they're going to face a lot of difficulty. Say if they end up playing the Mavs, who do they have to stop a guy like Chris Porzingis? I mean, if they play the Lakers if in a scenario, a hypothetical scenario, who are they going to have that can stop AD or LeBron? No one, I mean, no one's going to cover them defensively. The Clippers, I mean, Kawhi or Paul George, I mean, who's who will step up for them? Because they don't, do, I mean, I don't know if they have a, a lockdown defender on that team. Since they're playing the small ball, they really have to bank on making every three and James Harden and Russell Westbrook really putting this team in the best position to win. Those two are two of the most, I would say, unsure players of when it comes to the biggest moments, do they come through? It's an interesting experiment, per se, that Mike D'Antoni, who could be in his last year in Houston, is is help conjuring up along with general manager Daryl Morey, who could also be in his last season there. We'll have to wait and see what goes on in Houston and how far they go in the playoffs. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. I'll tell you what, it is just something exciting to see as we get closer to the NBA playoffs, how the last part of the NBA season shapes out, but it will be something that I think a lot more people are focusing in on now that the NFL is over. Jimmy, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by on the program, but before we head on out, please let everybody know all the great things that are going on with you, your YouTube channel, and whatever it is you want to promote for today's show. Oh, thank you, Gerald. I, pre- I truly appreciate it. I just started up my new new YouTube channel, so everyone, please check that out. Jimmy Simonis, you just type in the name. My logo is the Ro- Roman numeral three with my uh, name on the on the bottom. My Instagram, you can check me out on underscore three. I don't use Twitter, but you can check out my Twitter handle if you want, Jimmy underscore Simonis. Facebook, Jimmy Simonis. You should be the first person you find. What I got coming up, I'm going to start filming my next YouTube video tomorrow. So that's me excited. Stay tuned for that, for any updates. And 
if you if you guys ever have any questions about what I'm doing, let me know and reach out, and I'll be look. I'll definitely look forward to connecting with you. Once again, that's the Jimmy Simonis channel on YouTube. You got to check it out today and subscribe while you're there, so you go ahead and get the latest videos from Jimmy and all the great stuff that he's got going on there. He's out and about on social media, so look out for all the great stuff that he's doing today. It is Jimmy Simonis on YouTube, and Jimmy, I just cannot thank you enough. I will go ahead and make sure that there's a link in the description for this podcast to go ahead and be able to go right to your channel. So we'll go ahead and make sure that happens for you. It was just great talking to Jimmy. And, and any last thoughts on the NBA season before we head on out? Um, no, I think I'm, I'm interested as well for at least the team I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how the Thunder and the Grizzlies play out in the West. Uh, two teams that honestly, I frankly did not believe are going to be really in any in any form close to the playoff race. And they're both in the bottom. Like I know Gr the Grizzlies are the eighth seed, I believe. And the Thunder are in like the low sixth, seventh seed. And I'm like, I'm really surprised. So it'll be interesting to see what teams from the West, especially like the, the Grizzlies or the Thunder, if they make the playoffs, considering that the Thunder were supposed to be a lottery pick and not even keep Chris Paul. And, that, and that's paying off this year. Huge for them. Yeah, like I said, Gerald, thank you for having me on the show. It's, it's been a blast, and I definitely look forward to being on here again and talking to you. Would love to have you on the show once again. Be awesome. Oklahoma City, it's, it, the funny thing is they're 12 games above 500, and they've got like 500 draft picks. So, you know, their future is definitely looking bright. I mean, their now is great if you're an Oklahoma City fan, but their future is looking even better. Yeah, if they can get some of those draft picks to pay off, they can get a couple guys that can contribute right away, get some nice uh, role players in there. They could be a definite force in the near future. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, it's just so awesome to have you here on this show now. And, yes, we'll definitely get you back on once again as we get closer to the NBA playoffs. You've been a tremendous guest, and I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak with me today. Once again, it is Jimmy Simonis. you got to check out his YouTube channel today. Jimmy, S-I-M-O-N-I-S. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much again for being part of the broadcast today. Looking forward to having you back on again right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.